The Chicago Blackhawks picked up one of their best wins of the season last night, defeating the Calgary Flames by a score of 5-1. to one. I'll discuss how the Hawks came away with the lopsided win and Jackson Stauber shining in his second NHL start. All that and plenty more right here on Locked On Blackhawks. Your Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at Jack Bushman2, or you could also go and check out my strictly Blackhawks account at Talkin' Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And real quick, if you're listening to the audio version of today's episode and you like what you're hearing, then make sure to go and show some support first by following the podcast. You can also go and leave me a review if you want to as well. And for those who are still unaware at this point, I will be giving away two free Blackhawks tickets to a game sometime here in the second half of the regular season. And all you have to do in order to qualify, it's really easy. First, you have to go and leave me a review on either Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. And in that review, make sure to leave the name of your YouTube channel because the second thing you have to do, you have to subscribe to Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube. You got to do both in order to qualify for the two free Blackhawks tickets. And anyways, with every episode, having a video version uploaded to YouTube at this point, it only makes sense to go and subscribe to the YouTube channel. It only takes two seconds. It's also 100% for free, and it really does help me out tremendously. So please make sure to go and do that. Also, while you're there, smash the like button down below on today's video. That helps, that helps as well. And last. Go and ring that bell, turn on the push notifications, and that way you can get notified when the episode gets uploaded to YouTube each and every day. All right, good afternoon, everyone. Thank you all again for tuning into another episode of Lockdown Blackhawks. Thank you all for making the show your very first listen here to start off your day. Last night, the Chicago Blackhawks were out in Calgary to take on the Flames in the middle of their three-game road trip on the West Coast. The Blackhawks kicked off that road trip, of course, with uh, perhaps their most miserable loss of the season, which is, you know, saying something considering how poorly this season has gone. But that's how bad it was. I mean, the Blackhawks had a whopping 14 shots on goal total. Kind of unheard of in the NHL, uh, although they did find the back of the net twice. Pretty fortunate to squeak a couple past former Hawks netminder Colin Delia, but ultimately uh, wound up being a pretty lopsided 5-2 to two loss to the Vancouver Canucks. And then even in the game prior to that on Sunday night against the Los Angeles Kings, it was uh, another uh, pretty despicable performance against, um, uh, you know, a uh, middle of uh, the Kings are good. I'm not going to say, you know, it was an odd showing for the Blackhawks to show that um, they were su- uh, superior to uh, a better team. That's obvious, but just kind of th- this was becoming a common theme, even in the win against the Blues. I can go back a game prior when they came away with the five to three win. They still got outshot and largely outplayed. Uh, they Jordan Bennington's just not all that good at hockey, as it turns out to be. Got to make sure to get that jab in there real quick. But yes, as I was saying, this had kind of 
been becoming a common theme again for the Blackhawks in their past few games, but they were able to brush that all to the side and put together one of their best team efforts of the entire season, in my opinion, uh, en route to this 5-1 to win over the Flames. And the thing that stood out to me, too, about this performance was it started right from the get-go, right from the opening puck drop for the Blackhawks. And in the first three to four minutes, you know, they were coming with a strong push. They had three or four shots on goal, which doesn't sound all that notable, I know, but considering in the few games prior, it had taken them like 15, 16 minutes, even the entire first period to reach that total. Uh, So I don't know what changed, but it was definitely good to see the Blackhawks come ready out of the gate last night and take it to the Flames. And thanks in large part as well to all four forward lines uh, coming out with a strong showing. And with Captain Jonathan Taves being out of the lineup, he was ruled out just a few hours before puck drop due to a non-COVID related illness. Still don't really have much of an update on Taves' status at this point for Uh, Saturday night's game against the Edmonton Oilers. I'll touch on that more a little bit here later on in the episode, but Taves wasn't able to play for the Blackhawks in this game against Calgary, and that kind of led to Coach Luke Richardson electing to shake up the forward lines, and we saw Jason Dickinson get bumped all the way up to the top line with Patrick Kane. Max Domi jumped down and slotted in between uh, Philip Kershev and Taylor Radish, where Jonathan Taves would normally be. The third line consisted of still Jason Dickinson and Sam Lafferty, but Colin Blackwell was the one to get elevated up on the, onto the third line. And then, uh, by the way, that, that trio had just a, a massive game. I mean, every shift. That might have been the Blackhawks' best line of the night. It was the third line of Dickinson, Lafferty, and Athens CU. And even the fourth line of Boris Kachuk, um, Mackenzie Entwistle and Reese Johnson cashed in for a goal. So everyone was able to find a way to make an impact in this game last night. And it was really awesome to see because uh, those type of performances have been few and far between so far this year. But getting into like the Blackhawks goals, Taylor Radish scored his 13th of the season, which now ties him with Jonathan Taze for second on the Blackhawks in goals. Jason Dickinson also really capitalized on his opportunity to get bumped up into the lineup with Patrick Kane. He found the back of the net after a great feed from 88 to set him up on a breakaway. People uh, said that it was a between-the-legs goal. I really don't think it was looking at the replay. Maybe there was something there that I didn't see, but I feel like that would have been talked about more after this game had it really been a between-the-legs goal. But regardless, still a nice finish from Jason Dickinson to cash in again on that opportunity. Uh, Sam Lafferty stayed red hot for his fifth goal and ninth point in the last 13 games. He's just been a monster here as of late. And even Boris Kachuk scored a goal after uh, being scratched in nine consecutive games. And shout out to Luke Philp for picking up his first NHL point on that play with the primary assist, doing some good work down low, bodying uh, a defender off of him, and then finding Kachuk in the high slot. Reese Johnson with a nice screen there as well uh, to take away the eyes of Jacob Markstrom. So all all four forward lines were chipping in. We saw Max Domi also extend his point streak to four games. And I mentioned the third line of Dickinson, Lafferty, and Blackwell. Colin Blackwell might have been the Blackhawks' best forward in this game. 
He had a, a great primary assist to set up Sam Lafferty on a two-on-one and easily could have had two or three goals himself, just wasn't, for whatever reason, able to find the back of the net. He had one ring off the post, uh, a lot of good looks, but 11 of the 12 forwards in the lineup for the Blackhawks recorded a point last night. Just an incredible effort from the entire forward group. Reese Johnson, unfortunately, was the lone man that didn't wind up uh, on the stat sheet. But as I mentioned, he did provide a beautiful screen on Kachuk's goal. And he also just missed hitting the empty net. Or he hit the post on the empty net. So he just missed out. But yeah, a really strong team effort from this Blackhawks forward group. One of the best team efforts by the Blackhawks all season long, in my opinion. And it started right from the go last night. It was really nice to see the Blackhawks. I mean, the Flames put together a good surge in the third period, but the Blackhawks didn't give up all that many dangerous opportunities, even when they were shorthanded. Um, so credit to the team for finding a way to pick up this type of bounce back Five to one win over the Flames in Calgary after the last couple of games prior had not really been all that great. All right, there are my thoughts on the Blackhawks putting their short little losing skid to a halt last night. Coming up in just a moment, I will talk about another incredible showing from the young Jackson Stauber in net. But first, I need to talk to you all about FanDuel. The NFL playoffs are here, and we're really stoked about our new sports betting partner because. They're the number one sportsbook in America. It's FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, then that's even better because they have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. And new customers, you can join today to get started with $150 in free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. You just got to sign up at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel has all of your favorite bets from the money line to point spread, to player props. Plus, you can even combine your bets for a chance at a greater payout with the same game parlay feature, all on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. So football fans, don't miss out. There's only four games left in the season. Three games left, excuse me, only four teams remaining in the NFL playoffs. Go and place your first $5 bet to get $150 in free bets, win or lose, at fanduel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Back here on the Locked On Blackhawks podcast, real quick, just wanted to say thank you again to everyone out there for making the show your very first listen each and every day. Now for your second listen, make sure to go and check out Locked on NHL Prospects, which is a very relevant podcast for all us Blackhawks fans right now because it's a daily podcast covering the next generation of hockey superstars leading up to the 2023 NHL draft this summer. Plus, you also get NHL draft rankings and top prospect comparisons for every single team. So make sure to go and check out Locked on NHL Prospects, available on YouTube, this app, or wherever you get your podcasts wherever you get your podcasts, excuse me. All right, segment two. I spent the entire first part of today's episode discussing the great team effort from the Blackhawks forward group, despite Captain Jonathan Taves not being in the lineup. Well, I also have to make sure to give Jackson Stauber a ton of credit as well for picking up his second NHL win in as many starts now. And all night long, Stauber looked up to the task. He looked like he belonged. Uh, the lone blemish of his night 
came late in the first period uh, when Jonathan Huberdeau pulled off a nifty maneuver to dance around Jake McCabe and uh, kind of give himself an easy goal with his skill set. Nothing Stauber could really do on that one. But other than that, he was perfect in net for the Blackhawks. Uh, He wound up stopping 34 of the 35 shots that he faced, including all 18 that the Flames threw at him in the third period when they came with their best surge of the night. He came up big also when the Blackhawks were shorthanded down the stretch a few times, a couple of bad penalties. When the Blackhawks needed Jackson Stauber the most, he was there each and every time down the stretch of his game. And uh, for being only 23 years old, kind of thrown into the fire here, let's not forget, if everyone was healthy in the Blackhawks uh, organization at the goaltender position, now I know that hasn't been a thing all season long. At first, Alex Stalock went down with that concussion. Then Peter Morazic went out. Arvid Soderbloom had to come up. Uh, even Jackson Stauber himself was hurt down in Rockford early. Soderbloom finally gets returned to the Ice Hogs. Then he goes down. We've even seen Dylan Wells up in the NHL this year. So again, if everyone was healthy, Jackson Stauber would be the AHL backup, clear-cut backup, I might add, behind Arvid Soderbloom. So for him to be in that situation, 23 years old, and just showcasing his stuff, making the most of the opportunity right now, um, it's been awesome to see. And it's also, I think, a really good reminder for us Blackhawks fans that the future in net for this team um, is really bright. I think this position quietly, no no one has kind of gassed it up. And while I I think that's for good reason, none of these guys are top level, high end of the goaltender prospects that we've seen in the past couple of years. But to have a couple of guys this young looking this good, um, I think it's a tip of the hat to the Blackhawks scouting department for how how well of a job they've done. I mean, Arvid Soderbloom, we saw at the beginning of the season. I know the record and the numbers won't show it, but he was really solid, I I thought. And I think everyone will attest to that. There were a lot of games where Arvid Soderbloom kept the Blackhawks alive or deserved better and just didn't get the offensive support on the other side of it. Stauber's been tremendous in his first two NHL starts. And then also, of course, Drew Comesso, who I recently just talked about, in my Chicago Blackhawks midseason prospect rankings. Quick plug, make sure to go and check those out if you haven't done so already for my top 10 prospects for the Chicago Blackhawks at the midway point of the 2022-2023 NHL regular season. While you're there, make sure to go and toss a like and subscribe to the channel for more Blackhawks content. Anyways, getting back what I was originally into, Jackson Stauber looking good here as of late. Arvid Soderbloom, looking good at the beginning of the season. Both guys not in an ideal situation, not, I mean, in their heads, I'm sure they believe that they have the talent to succeed at the NHL level and could be there if need be, but they're also aware that they'd be in Rockford if everyone was healthy and still have probably a couple years to go in their development before they're at the top of their game. But they've handled that situation remarkably well, both of them. And Drew Comesso at Boston University, his first three years there have been really solid, and he's racked up a ton of incredible experiences internationally uh, at such a young age. So I think the Blackhawks and the future uh, of this team in that is really bright. Now, I know it's only been two games for for Stauber, and there's no denying that he's still got some things to do 
And when everyone returns to being healthy, he's going to go back down to Rockford. But uh, to think that the Blackhawks have him, Soderbloom, and Drew Camesso all at 23 years old or younger at this point in the organization has me really feeling good about um, the future in that for this franchise. So good on Jackson Stauber for standing tall last night, especially when Calgary put together their best sequences of the game late there in the third period. Stauber didn't blink. He held strong. He moves to 2-0-0 in his NHL career. The first Blackhawks goaltender, I believe, since the 1970s to win both of his first two NHL starts. He made every save he needed to for the Blackhawks, and they went on to win their seventh Uh, for the seventh time in their last 10 games, believe it or not, by defeating the Calgary Flames 5-1. Before I wrap up the show for today, folks, I did want to talk for just a moment about the Blackhawks' final game of their three-game road trip coming on Saturday night against Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, and the Oilers up in Edmonton. That's a 9 p.m. Central Time puck drop, by the way, for those Uh, of you wondering. Great way to spend your Saturday night if you're just relaxing and laying around at home. Toss this game on because uh, while both of the first two meetings between these two teams, while they have both resulted in Oilers victories, they've come right down to the wire. Both one goal wins for Edmonton. And anytime you take on a talent like Connor McDavid, you're always in for a special treat. And he's in the midst of one of the best seasons that we've seen in the modern day NHL era. I mean, the the Oilers have only played 42 games this season, 49 games, excuse me. Connor McDavid has tallied 40 goals and 49 assists for 89 points. That's a heck of a season for basically anyone else in the entire NHL. And McDavid's also found a way to really make his presence felt in the prior couple of matchups against the Hawks so far this season, as he's done against everyone else, to be fair. But going up against a a team like that with McDavid, Dreisaitl, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, uh, a slew of high-end players like that, the Blackhawks are going to need to put up another effort like they had against Calgary instead of what they were doing the previous couple of games, or else they're probably going to get embarrassed in what is their final game before the NHL All-Star break. That's right, Blackhawks fans. This will be the final game for the Hawks until Tuesday, February 7th. So nice little 10-day break for the Blackhawks here. Hopefully that allows them to get healthy and hopefully they can also finish up their final game with a solid performance against Edmonton, win or lose. Just want to see this team play solid. It's tough watching them rack up 14 shots on goal and do literally nothing offensively at five on five. As for what we could see out of the lineup, I mentioned earlier in the show, we still don't really have much of an update on Jonathan Taves as of this point. It's Friday afternoon here, but I'm sure we'll figure out whether or not he's going to be good to go at the morning skate on Saturday morning. I know he wasn't feeling particularly well on Thursday, but obviously things can change. But yeah, he's the latest to uh, come down from uh, a case of the old bad shrimp as assistant coach Derek King would say. But if Taves is out of the lineup, expect the Blackhawks to go with the same thing. Um, If it ain't broke, don't fix it. It's kind of been Luke Richardson's mentality, excuse me, after victories this season. On defense, I don't think we're going to see Philip Ruse enter the lineup. I thought Ian Mitchell had a really strong bounce-back game against the Flames. We know Jack Johnson isn't coming out of the lineup. Hasn't happened all season. 
up to this point. And then in that, I think it's pretty obvious Peter Morazic is going to get back in there. I know Jackson Stauber's been really solid, but Morazic has been too, just without the offensive production on the other side of it, unfortunately for him. Uh, he was really solid in both games against the Kings and even in that game against Vancouver before things kind of got ugly there in the third, third period. So I think we'll see Morazic get the nod in between the pipes for the Blackhawks in their final game before the All-Star break. All right, folks, I think that is going to wrap up Friday, January 27th episode of Locked On Blackhawks. Make sure, to, if you're not already, to go and follow the show 100% for free wherever you get your podcasts and go and subscribe to Locked On Blackhawks on YouTube for a chance to win two free tickets here for a Blackhawks game sometime in the second half of the regular season and to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each and every day. Once again, thank you all for tuning into the show. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at Jack Bushman2, or you can also go and check out my strictly Blackhawks account at Talkin' Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. So until the next episode, that's going to do it here for the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.